here's the snap four-man rush firing downfield and got a man rock and roll touchdown texans game day is every day yeah nice ball nice ball five nights a week the hits keep on coming there's a sack wow he's bringing down the cornerback now it's texans all access Hello, Texans, and welcome to the program that brings you inside NRG Stadium. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio, mobile or otherwise. And, Johnny, here we go with the 53 program. Look, we have a series on video called the 53, which is kind of our 30 for 30 sort of thing. It's shorter than that. But this is the real 53. This is the day. This is cut down day. And I think it's important to point out, and you'll agree with me, that it's fluid, all right? Now, this is basically <laughs> the team, but you're going to get some changes, right? And you thought maybe under three when we were doing the over-under. I thought maybe more, but eh, as I look at it, maybe less. I don't know. Let's just talk about what is here and what is likely to come yep. in the next week or so because I think that whatever changes you do make, you're going to have them in place for week one anyway, by Labor Day at the latest, so you can practice with those guys and get them ready for week one, right? Yeah, no doubt. I would imagine over the next couple of days, we will see another couple of moves, couple of waiver claims, I would think. Um, I I don't know. I think I set the number. I think I set it at two. Um, mm-hmm. But it could be two or three. But, I, I mean, that's, you know, in 2018, you know, a team that mm-hmm. went at five, they had three waiver claims that season. Uh, 2014, I'm, my first year down on the sideline, I remember they, they claimed Damaris Johnson and started him in a slot <laughs> the first game against uh, the, the Washington football team. Um, so there, those, thing, those things are coming. And so, you know, it's, it's been interesting because, and you said it, there's all this, you know, you listen to our flagship, Sports Radio 610, one hour. Until the fifty-three man roster is coming, two hours, five hours, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, it, it like, and I said this to to Lauren Walker, who handles all of our digital, because um, she sent me an email. And she said, "Look, can you give me what what you think the fifty-three man roster will be, so we kind of have a heads up because we're putting together a graphic and all this." And I was like, "Well, you know, that thing can change." And she's like, "Yeah, yeah, but we just want to kind of get a head start on it." And I was like, "Okay, well, here you go." And my, um, other than forgetting to put Garrett Wallow and Terrence, uh, Terrence Mitchell on there, the two biggest ones that I missed, I had two in each group. I had two receivers and two corners. The two corners they just acquired, Russell Douglas and Kadar Holman. And then uh, Alex Erickson and Kiki QT, those are the four that I that didn't have. Everything else, mm. felt, you know, it was pretty solid. Ooh. Um, Cole Toner was the other one. I thought they would keep more linemen. Um, and I know we can start breaking that down, you know, the numbers of – because we've talked about this all throughout training camp. How many receivers are you keeping? How many running backs are you keeping? Yeah. Uh, defensive alignment. How many defensive linemen are you going to keep? We knew it was going to be a really tough cut whenever we heard who uh, or how many, who and how many were going to be cut off the defensive line. We were, oh, boy, that's, that's going to be a tough cut. And unfortunately, it ended up being Jaleel Johnson, somebody who I thought has had a really good camp. But you've you, – you can't keep everybody. And when you have guys like Demarcus Walker and Charles Amenahu who can bounce inside and outside, well, you know, they're like one and a half guys because of that inside-outside combination. So if you play just outside or just inside, well, there might be a possibility that you're a little bit more uh, susceptible to the cut. But um, overall, it's 
I don't know if there were any Mark major surprises. Oh, I think um, there were not major, but there were some surprises. I you just the, mentioned a few of them. Yeah, I mean, I think the Kiki QT one kind of caught everybody like, whoa, a okay. little bit, a little bit. bit. Um, I was probably a little bit more surprised about Alex Erickson because I thought Alex yep. Erickson had had a pretty good camp, pretty solid camp, very reliable guy, um, had been doing it on returns, punt and kickoff returns. But, you know, it's the one thing that happens in training camp. Sometimes a guy gets hurt and he kind of gets out of sight, out of mind, and you kind of forget about him. And so, you know, Andre Roberts has been around the first couple of days of camp. I'll tell you what, I thought he looked pretty good. Even as a receiver, mm-hmm. I thought he looked pretty good. So I don't know where he is in his rehab and coming back. Uh, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. That's the other aspect of, of things, too. If a guy is going to go on to the IR and you think you can get him back within the first two, three weeks – then you put him on IR versus putting a guy on season-long pup. Now, nobody, I don't believe, went on season-long pup, I don't think. Um, right, but you made a, you make a point here. What they, they could throw Andre Roberts on IR tonight, right? Right. Uh, yeah, and, tonight, tomorrow. I'm not sure the timing of it. But, yeah, they could put him on there. They could put Anthony. They could put both Ant, Andre Roberts and Anthony Miller on there. And now you need another, now you need another body uh, or right. two. And more likely it would come from, from the receivers. But – uh, we'll see how that goes because that's that's the next step. You know, Marcus Cannon being back at practice today. When I heard that news, when I heard David Cully and I was at the press conference and sitting in our normal spot way in the back, uh, being the peanut gallery, and I heard him say Marcus Cannon is coming back to practice, it, there was such a good feeling I got with that. Like, oh, yes, okay, cool. Let's see, um, let's see if we can get Marcus back. Maybe that just means they're getting a look at him and going to ramp him up. Maybe he does have to go on IR, but look, on IR, you don't you you can be off it in three weeks. If you go on the pup, you'd be off it for six weeks. For example, Stephon Gilmore, the Texans won't see Stephon Gilmore in week five. Well, they also yeah. won't see Cam Newton either, but they won't right. see uh, Stephon Gilmore because he went on um, the he went on the uh, pup list to start the year. So there's some things that still have to go on. There are a lot of machinations of things. There could be waiver claims. There could be guys going on IR. Um, then you got the practice squad guys coming back, so it's a really uh, hectic time uh, for the Texas personnel staff. Nick Casario uh, doing a bang up job, but I know Mark. I know there were some surprises, maybe not even in the bodies, in the people, but the numbers of at particular positions. And I know we yes. talk about that. Yes, there were some surprises there, but I think that you have to wait another twenty four, forty eight, or more hours because these position group numbers will change. But I wrote about it on HoustonTexans.com. I don't know if we've released the article yet because this stuff just came out. So we're live here, and we're talking about it. So the quarterbacks, three quarterbacks. Watson is on the roster, of course. And you have Terod Taylor and Davis Mills. There it is. And you talk about over-under. Johnny, I'm guessing you've had over five texts from friends and maybe other communication coming your way today with people asking if the Texans would sign Cam Newton. And I think it's a fair question. It's a fair question from the fans and from people who follow football because they're like, hey, Cam Newton's available. The Patriots cut him. Why not go after Cam Newton in the Texans situation? I get the question. I do. Now, he's not vaccinated. And him not being vaccinated led to some of this stuff, some of the uncertainty around the Patriots and everything. So uh, I think that factors in. Are the systems similar? Yes. But I think they were running some different stuff with Cam. He did look good at times, even in this preseason for the Patriots. I don't think he's in play. I think they're going to go with what they've got. But I'm sure you got some contact today on Cam. (laughs) Yeah, there were. 
as soon as it happened, it's interesting because down in the digital studio where we've, you know, we're packed in there with, with uh, three guys, socially distanced, of course. And my man, Tyler Sudarth, uh, Emmy winning videographer, loves him some Cam Newton, loves him some Cam Newton. Well, our other rock star videographer and good friend Tyler Mark, I called at about uh, 9.45 or 10 o'clock this morning and was like, hey, and just really kind of needling Suds about you know, Cam being released because Suds is like, look, he's a top 15 quarterback in the league. And I think and it was interesting because I, um, I had lunch, lunch with a friend of mine, a good friend of ours, a good friend of the city actually, and we were talking about it and I just said, he's taken such a pounding. Mm. I mean, he – there was yeah. one year I remember – and I remember this distinctly, and I don't know why. But Sean, our good friend Sean Pendergast, was breaking down the number of hits. He and Teddy Johnson were on the air. They were talking about the number of hits that Cam Newton had taken in a particular year or span of time. And it was higher than a lot of running backs getting hit. And I just think that pounding eventually caught up to Cam. I mean, he is Superman. When you see Cam Newton up close, you are awestruck by what he looks like but that pounding took a real um toll on him and you could see it in the way he threw the ball last year now he had a good day throwing against us but he looked like he was laboring every time he threw it was almost like he was catapulting the football as opposed to throwing it and I think that's really taken a toll on him would I would I want Cam Newton to be part of the Texans in in some way shape or form uh, I, I would love it. I, I love Cam. I, I'm a huge Cam Newton fan, but I just think it's gotten to a point where physically he can't he, – he just can't do what he used to do. And he was never mm-hmm. the greatest thrower. Or I should say he was a great thrower. I don't know if he was the greatest passer, but when you combine all of his skills, yeah, uh, he was fantastic. MVP. MVP. I mean, he's a, yeah. We saw him in his MVP year. I mean, he's flying over the goal line. He flew over Jared Crick for a touchdown, which is yeah. one of the more athletic things I think I've ever seen down on the sidelines. But Mark, I just think he's he, he's out of gas. And I mean, it he just the car needs to you know probably go in the garage and just kind of hang in the garage because it's gotten beaten up so much over well, the years. It's the NFL, and nothing should surprise us. So we'll see what happens yeah, with him. But I thought it was worth mentioning at the top because of the Texans quarterback situation, and everyone is asking about it. And I'm sure I haven't listened to Sports Radio 610 much today because it's been a very busy day here. But I'm sure they've been talking about that a lot. But Taylor Mills, Watson is on the roster. Five wide receivers. You mentioned no Kiki QT. Andre Roberts and Anthony Miller, we haven't seen much of them in the preseason, but they're on. Chris Conley makes it. Brandon Cooks. Nico Collins, of course, there are your five. Now, Johnny, I'm going to bring the tight ends right into the fold here with Jordan Akins and Farrow Brown and Brevin Jordan, the rookie from the University of Miami. So no Anthony Eclair. And, you know, obviously Ryan Izzo got dismissed and Paul Quesenberry turned into a fullback and he didn't make this 53. Uh, stay tuned for the practice squad. And I think, John, it's important to bring up right now as well. Nick Casario is very clear all along. Look, you're dealing with about 70 players here when you combine the 53 with the practice squad. You have some players on IR, other lists, over 70 players, really, that you're working with. And the practice squad is such a huge part of it. And the practice squad is not this, well, they're the practice squad guys anymore. You can activate them much easier during these COVID years, last year, this year. That really helps your cause. It really is more of a 
taxi squad or whatever they used to call it where you can elevate guys. It's just a little reserve of players, and I think that that is a big factor for all NFL teams and certainly this one. No doubt, and it was one of the first questions that I asked Nick Casario when we sat down with him uh, for his training camp visits with us. I talked to him about everybody wants to talk about the 53-man roster, the 53-man roster, but with the COVID rules last year and opening up the numbers on practice squad, it really goes from being a 53-man roster to about a 69-man roster that you can readily pull from and have guys there. So the guys you bring in, okay, once you get it down to 80, I know you're not going to be able to bring everybody back because every, half the guys that were let go today were uh, have to, are subject to the waiver claim process, and half were released because they were veterans. Half were you know vested veterans that are just free agents and open for anybody to sign at this particular point. So there's probably about eight to ten of those guys that – you know, maybe aren't thought of uh, as guys you can bring back, but I know a good number of those guys you can bring back in the practice squad. I don't know if Kiki QT would want to come back in the practice squad, but that's going to be available to him. Now, I would think mm-hmm. there are going to be some teams that see Kiki available. I've seen a couple. I, fought, I saw Landry Locker tweet a little while ago that a buddy of his called him from Kansas City. He was like, yo, I think the Chiefs could use him. And then it hit me like, whoa, Mahomes and Kiki used to be teammates and yeah. Kansas City's really kind of looking for some more weapons to go along with Tyreek and with Travis Kelsey. Yeah, they don't have enough weapons. They don't My have enough gosh. Weapons. Yeah, they don't, they don't have enough weapons. So uh. maybe, that's a logis- maybe that's a logistical spot. There's always that spot on practice squad. You, nev- you never know what happens. You, and we're not privy to those discussions behind doors where Nick Casario says, look, we're making this move right now, but here's what we're thinking. We don't know that. We can kind of surmise kind of based on what we saw in training camp, what we've seen of these guys prior to. I think – you mentioned Paul Quisenberry. I, I'd like to see uh, Paul come back on the practice squad, but I had a feeling, you know, David Cully went to the uh, press conference today and he was asked about a fullback versus tight ends. He said, you know, look, the way we're sort of made up, we're probably a little bit more like our heavier stuff is with tight ends as opposed to when he was with Baltimore, they had Patrick Ricard, um, who was one heck of a fullback. I mean, he's a 305-pound fullback, and so he hit he fit the bill as a fullback really, really well. So kind of knew, oh, man, okay, that probably means Paul Quisenberry's probably not making his team, but mm. you get a guy like that, you keep him on practice squad, you never know what happens. I mean, how many guys over the years have we seen go to the practice squad, and then at the end of the year, the last two, three games, they end up popping up on the roster, and you go, oh, man, 37's pretty good. This running back out of Tennessee, man, he's – Boy, I'm glad we kept him on practice squad all year long uh, because that turned out to be a really good move uh, yeah. for a guy like Arian Foster. So practice squad can be hugely valuable for some guys, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's he's the ultimate example. of Case Keenum was on the practice squad in 2012 well, for the whole yep. year playing defensive back and stuff, and not like Deshaun Watson defensive back at training camp where you're not really playing defensive back. He was right. really playing scout team defensive back and running around and trying to cover receivers. Okay, Look, the running back situation, Scotty Phillips is on the 53, and that's a nice thing to see. The other four guys are the high TVQ-rated guys, all right? Rex Burkhead, Philip Lindsay, David Johnson, Mark Ingram. Those guys are on it. Phillips is on it. You brought up the tight ends. They get thin in a big hurry if they lose one of these tight ends. Big hurry. And it just feels thin. It feels light. Thin is a bad word. Light at tight end right now because – 
you know, you're one injury away from, uh-oh, remember week two of 2017, oh, okay. that kind of thing. Yeah. So let's just hope that they stay healthy. You know there's going to be a tight end or two on the practice squad, and we'll see who that is. Uh, but to the offensive line, you mentioned Marcus Cannon. He's on this 53, so he's back at practice. He's there. Justin McCray is it's only eight O-linemen on yeah. this 53, but again, you can bring up guys from the practice squad pretty easily. The rookies from Texas A&M did not make the 53. Practice squad, a possibility for them. And I don't know if there's any other surprise here, really, Johnny, because you're going to go with the – I mean, these guys are the guys who are going to be up on game day, and we'll see how it goes. Really, actually, you very often only go with seven O-linemen on game day, so you'd eliminate one of those guys. I hope Cannon is ready for week one. And I hope if he is ready, he's really ready for week one. Not kind of shaky ready, but really ready because you could really use him on this old line, despite the fact that Charlie Heck did pretty well for himself at tackle right side. No doubt. And it's, there are a lot of decisions to me that, that still have to be made um, on that, especially that right side of the line. With Marcus coming back, how do you, how do you see him fit in there? Do you, do you think that – Ooh. Because cause here's my thought is I know a lot of times talk about, well, is it going to be hackers are going to be cannon? Those are both your tackles are going to be hackers going to be cannon. You're like, well, wait a second here. Hold on. Are we sure is Max Sharping better than Charlie Heck at their their respective jobs at his respective job? Because if he's not, then maybe Marcus slides in the guard and Charlie stays a tackle. But if you feel like, you know, look, Max has got a little bit more of the experience and we feel like he's further along, Max stays a guard and then maybe Marcus goes out to offensive tackle. What about Jaron Christian? Jaron Christian played left yeah. tackle, and his played left tackle. From the time I started studying him in Louisville, he was playing left tackle. But if I remember correctly, and now I'm going in the, into my memory bank, which is not always a good thing uh, when I'm just on the fly here on the air. But if I remember correctly, studying him at Louisville, they did a they did a quick side, strong side. And so there would be times that he would line up on the left side. There would be times he would line up on the right side. It would just depend on where the tight end was. And so they would kind of flip-flop sides. So if they were, like, strong left and he was the strong tackle, he would line up to the left. It was strong right and he was a strong tackle, he would line up to the right. So he would flip-flop sides, if I remember that correctly. So I think he's played both left and right. Now, he's played left in the league, and I remember playing left for Washington last year. But there's another one. Jerron Christian is a guy you've got to get in the lineup, but he certainly is not going to supplant Laramie Tunsil. And I don't think Christian is a guard. I think he's a tackle. So, hey, we need Jerron on the field. Okay, well, Christian plays right tackle, and then Marcus moves inside. There are, I just think there are mm. some options even with the eight guys you have. But the one thing that's good to know is you've got Justin Britt at center, you've got Titus Howard at left guard, and you've got left tackle of Laramie Tunsil. Now, I did hear, I think it was John and I think it was John and Landry talking about, I think it was them, they were talking about, Titus Howard potentially going back out to right tackle. But if, you, if he goes out to right tackle and, and Marcus Cannon is ready to go, does Marcus end up being the right guard? And then who do you play a left tack, or left guard? You know, Max did play that position, but they moved him over to the right side. I don't know. There are a lot of things I think that still have to work themselves out. I feel really good about Britt, Howard, and Tunsil from center to left tackle. And I think that right side, there's some promise there. And we saw some good things from Charlie Heck and, and from Max. But now with Marcus Cannon coming into the mix, how much more advanced is he than either of those guys, if at all? And where is he sort of, like you said, we want to be ready, ready. Not just, well, you know, I'll kind of play myself, kind of work myself into a lather here. If he's ready, ready, then which 
fits best. The unfortunate aspect is that you really won't get a good gauge on it until you get to week one against the Jags because I don't think you're going to be in pads a lot over the next how many ever days, uh, mm-hmm. 10, 11 days before you play Jacksonville. So he, being a veteran, he's just going to have to kind of recall his you know veteranness, if you will, having put the pads on. And look, maybe we find out he's not a guy that needed all that work. He just needed to get himself healthy and in shape. And then he'll you know, be ready to go week one. So still, to me, a lot of things to kind of work out on an offensive line. Here's the only other question I had. If something happened to Justin Britt, who steps in at center, does it, ha- it has to be Justin McCray, right? Or is there somebody yeah. you know about? Because Cole Toner was the guy taking a lot of the second yeah. center reps. So if something does happen to Justin Britt, how do they and, – and God forbid that happens because he's been, uh, he's been a rock in the middle. What, what do you do at that point? That That's – that could be a question, but hopefully Justin's going to stay healthy and, and really produce some really good football after not having played since October 2019. I, I have a lot of faith in James Camp and having somebody ready for that if yeah, it just, does happen. You know, that he that's something they, they have some days to work on here. They're going to practice tomorrow and Thursday. Then they're going to be off Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Labor Day weekend, give the guys a break, get them off their feet. Uh, probably back at practice Monday, mandatory league-wide day off on Tuesday. They could give that to them on Monday instead, but I think they'll do it on Tuesday, just get them in the normal flow. So three out of four days they'll be off their feet, which is good. They'll be off the field, resting up, uh, just getting their legs back. And then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, go time, Jacksonville, September 12th here at NRG Stadium. So we'll see how that goes. And, you know, a couple of notes here on the defense, and we're going to Dig into this a little bit more in the next segment. Uh, but 10 defensive backs. Roby not available till week two because of the suspension. So can't get him back soon enough. They got to figure out a way to get through it on September 12th. The linebackers, six. D-line, Johnny, 10. ten. You know what this was? Gosh, everybody did so well in the preseason. Let's keep them all. Well, look, Shaq Lawson got traded. We all know that. And... Look, I just think they, you know, I hate to say victims of their success in acquiring pro, uh, players, but it's kind of like that they acquired a lot of good players. They were getting to the quarterback. They were getting the ball out. They were stopping the run. And Lawson just wasn't having that kind of success with the rest of the guys. And they just made the move. I mean, maybe Lawson will do great for the Jets, but the way this team is set up, I feel like everybody who was going to make this team had to perform some in the preseason, he didn't have the kind of moments that some of these other guys did, so they went, boom, let's go with these dudes. Now, look, it's still Tuesday here, and you're not playing till a week from Sunday. They could make another move or two, but this looks pretty interesting to me up front. This is the group that we pretty much thought uh, is interesting. When I did one of my 53-man versions, I ended up with like 57 guys. And so I wrote down, all right, here are the guys that I would think might be in just that I have question marks about. And I wasn't totally sure who with the running backs. So I just put like two or three names running backs. I wrote down Chris Moore's name, which I hated because I, I love Chris Moore. And I wrote down 91 slash 92. As much as I hated it, I didn't want to see Brandon Dunn go. And literally the next day, Brandon Dunn was, was released. And then Jalil was the other one. How and dare you? played really well over those two games, and I just thought, man, I think he's going to find his way on here. I think they'll keep an extra defensive lineman. But going back to my thought about Demarcus Walker and Charles Amenahu, guys that can play inside-outside, well, you you 
much rather keep those guys because if something happens on game day, they have the ability to jump inside uh, and play inside if you need it. Uh, you don't love it, but on pass rush downs, hey, there might be a situation where we see both Demarcus Walker and Charles Amendu who rushing from the inside um, on pass rush downs, which would be kind of a nice, a nice little situation to throw Jacksonville uh, from that that standpoint. So, again, it goes back to the the versatility. And look, versatility to me means you're good at a few different things. Mm-hmm. If you're not, then it's just we're going to line you up at a few different spots because you've done it before. But if you're truly versatile, it just means it means that you are good at different things. And I think both DeMarcus and Charles are both good playing inside and outside. Okay, Johnny's going to stick around. We're going to dive deeper into the defensive side of the ball on this initial 53. Very important to say initial 53 will go around the league as well. A lot has happened today in the NFL. It's a big day indeed with opening day coming up. Look, it's a week from Thursday for the league a week from Sunday for the Houston Texans here at NRG Stadium. It's Texans Radio. This is Whitney Merciless, and you're listening to Texans Radio. Don't touch that dial or else. When it comes to buying a home, look to the experts at TDECU. We're made for this market with quick pre-qualifications so you can make a competitive offer fast. We have unique options for you like no money down or up to 103% financing. TDECU Mortgage is here for you. If you can't find the home that's right for you, build it with a great construction loan. You've got this. TDECU Mortgage. We make home happen. Visit TDECU.org for details. Equal housing lender. This Labor Day, put an end to junk sleep. Right now at Mattress Firm, save up to $500 on our top-rated brands when you get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin. Plus, get a free adjustable base when you spend $6.99 on Sealy. Or shop Tempur-Pedic and save up to $700 on adjustable mattress sets. With our highly trained sleep experts and our low-price guarantee, you can rest assured you'll get the best bed at the best price. Unjunk your sleep only at Mattress Firm. Offer valid with qualifying purchase. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. For offer details, visit mattressfirm.com slash sale. The Houston Texans want your kid to play flag football. We're teaming up with the YMCA of Greater Houston to offer NFL flag football for boys and girls ages 7 through 13. Flag football is a safe, non-contact way to learn football. This skills-driven sport teaches teamwork, keeps kids physically active, and gets the whole family involved. Register before the deadline on September 3rd and you are entered to win tickets to a Texans game. Visit HoustonTexans.com slash YMCA flag. You've got a lot going on, so how do you find time to take care of you? At Houston Methodist, we work around your busy life. There's same-day primary care appointments, online scheduling to see our world-class specialists, access to all your records through my chart, and video visits 24-7 if you need urgent care. Bringing you Houston Methodist's expertise wherever, whenever you need it. Visit HoustonMethodist.org to find the care you need at locations throughout Houston. Houston Methodist, leading medicine. What do you call a group of friends who spend every Sunday huddled around the TV for hours, wearing horns on their heads and blue and red paint on their faces, jumping with a Miller Lite in one hand and a hot barbecue short rib in the other, while proudly chanting, we are Texans. You call it Miller time in Houston. Here's to the Texans. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Fort Worth, Texas. 
miss an episode of our Texans podcasts. Subscribe on iTunes, TuneIn, and Stitcher to get the latest sent right to your phone. Mark Vandermeer, John Harris with you. Texans All Access 53 is out. And for now, we've got it. HoustonTexans.com has it for you, the Texans app. If you don't have that app, go to the App Store on whatever device you're on, whether it's Apple, Android, or some other kind of brand or platform that I'm not familiar with, and check it out. All right, Johnny, you ready to talk a little defense here as we uh, check out that side of of the football a little deeper? All right, we talked about the D-line here with 10 players kept here by your Texans. No Jaleel Johnson, obviously Shaq Lawson traded away. Uh, but when you look at VT, Vince Taylor, some of the stuff he did this preseason, Malik Collins, the former Cowboy and Raider, obviously he was going to make this team. Charles Amena, who getting after the quarterback, Ross Blacklock, year two. Let's go. Roy Lopez, the rookie, a sack or at least a half sack in each of the three preseason games. I know, later in the game, but so what? Looked pretty good for his first, his initial NFL action. The veteran Whitney Merciless on the team. Jacob Martin, of course, doing some business in the backfield. Jonathan Grenard, Jordan Jenkins, Demarcus Walker. All right, so let's see how that shakes out. Now let's talk linebackers here for a moment as you have last year's NFL leading tackler, Zach Cunningham, on this 53. Neville Hewitt, who led the Jets in tackle. Kamu Grugier-Hill, who's been impossible not to notice in the preseason games. Season vet Kevin Pierre-Lewis, he'll be heard from. Garrett Wallow, the rookie from TCU. And Christian Kirksey, the straw that stirs the drink. He'll wear the green dot. He's going to be the quarterback of that defense. You know, this is a pretty interesting core right here. And I think, Johnny, they looked good. I mean, with the whole front seven when they're out there, you see what they were going for. I think they were getting results. Now you got to get results in the games that count. you got to get results with the first team against whatever the Jags, Cleveland, Carolina to start throw at you. No doubt. And I think one of the things, Mark, to keep in mind with that group and the groups that you just mentioned, you know, the front and the the linebackers, the off the ball guys, throughout the the preseason games, I don't know that we saw a a bunch of tricks, a bunch of stuff. You know, I don't think we saw Lovey Smith pulling out uh, a number of different schemes. Uh, we didn't see him do a lot of different unique combinations. Like I said earlier, you could have a situation where you've got Demarcus Walker, Charles Amenahu on the inside, and you put Jacob Martin and Jordan Jenkins on the outside. And, you know, that's your four-man rush. The other aspect of it is, you know, Zach Cunningham's a really good blitzer. So that's going to be part of all this. Uh, Christian Kirksey is tremendous in coverage. So, you know, he's going to be a guy that stays on the field two, three, probably three downs because how good he is, uh, he is in coverage. And he's also a pretty good blitzer. I'm really curious to see how Lovey Smith, and this was the question that I asked of both Spencer and Andre, how will Lovey go about using what he's got in game planning to stop or slow down Trevor Lawrence? That's going to be really interesting to me because. Johnny just dropped out a little bit. And, you know, right after because, like, this is the meaning of life and you drop out. And that's too bad. Anyway, we'll get Johnny back here in just a moment. But, yeah, Trevor Lawrence, look, he looked good against the Cowboys on Sunday, I guess it was. 
and it's been an interesting preseason for him. Interesting enough that they trade away Gardner Minshew, and he becomes the number one guy without question. He was going to be, we all knew it, number one pick in the draft, generational talent according to many, so we'll see how that works out. Uh, I'm looking at Mac Jones's numbers right now. We'll get to him in a little bit here, but I want to continue along the road here of this 53. And Johnny talking about getting after the quarterback without having to do a lot of creative stuff in these preseason tilts, and you have to like that. That's one great thing about what they were able to do, despite the fact that you're in second and third layers of the depth chart sometimes, and we all know that some of these guys are the guys who are available right now that you are playing against, and some of the guys that were making plays as well uh, are available, but you have to like what you saw on that side of the football by and large. All right, we got Johnny back. So, Johnny, you were saying about uh, – I think you, you left us with – because yeah it was the uh the cliffhanger right i mean yeah. because the like you said the meaning of life you know i just i'm curious to see what lovey smith is able to put together uh with this particular group uh up front and in you know the linebacking core i just think there's a lot of just interesting combinations and that's going to make to me preparing for this group at times pretty tough so I, you know, look, I would think the Jags are going to go in, look, here's what we know about Lovey Smith. He's done a lot of things as a defense coordinator. Well, we thought a lot of those things, too, about Lovey Smith and that he was going to, oh, yeah, it's Tampa, too, and I, we're going to see Tampa. Man, we saw Tampa, too, about 20 to 25% of the time. So, from that mm-hmm. perspective, I'm curious to see what more. And, look, I studied Illinois film last year because of a corner that they had. They weren't running Tampa, too, every single play. I can promise you that. So Lovey Smith has got some tricks up his sleeve, which I'm really excited to see uh, for this year with that group up front in particular. And look, we know that group is probably not going to be the group that's there all 18 weeks. But I think the crux of it and what they brought here, guys that are extremely disruptive up the field, that's what we saw even with the, the big fellas inside, Malik Collins, Vincent Taylor, Ross Blacklock, Roy Lopez. Those are all guys that can get up field in a hurry and do something and do something chaotic with the skills that they have. So I think that's going to be something different. We've not seen that in a while. We've not seen defensive linemen for the Texans that just shoot gaps and get upfield and create mayhem. We're seeing this group do that. And that makes it interesting what Lovey Smith can do with it. Okay, defensive backs here. You have 10. Roby will be back week two, so we'll see if they let go of somebody. We'll see if they make some moves before that happens, because I think the odds of that happening are pretty decent based on the fact that they made two acquisitions last week and neither guy made the team. So they made two acquisitions trying to get better, but they felt like what they had, guys that they were hoping would get replaced probably, and I'm not going to specify or not specify, speculate on who that might be, but yeah. you know, there's some interesting things developing here. You know, Desmond King, former All-Pro is on your team. Vernon's still here. You have uh, Terrence Mitchell playing one corner in all likelihood. Roby the other when he's available, and we'll see how they handle it. Do they move Vernon outside week one? Assuming this is the group they're going with here, uh, does Tremont Smith get a look outside? How are they going to do this, Johnny, against Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars on opening day? That's a great question. I've been racking my brain about that. And I thought Rasul Douglas and Kadar Holman, I think I think if you can bring them back on practice squad, if you can't get both, if you can at least get one back on practice squad and try and 
to teach them the defense and just give them some time. Maybe that's just what they need. They just need some time. I know talking to Dino Vasso, he has spent some time with Russell Douglas, so he knows Douglas. So maybe that's enough for Douglas to stick around in a practice squad or wherever the case might be. But you went out and got a couple guys. I told you, uh, and I even showed you my notebook, when I was doing my 53-man roster, I left two open spots there at corner because I just didn't Mm -hmm. feel like they were completely and totally sold on what they had. And then Kadar Holman's traded for, Russell Douglas is picked up in a signing. So I still think that there is going to be some movement at the corner position. And so as teams have posted, hey, we've released or waived these particular players, I've looked at the corners. Are there any corners there that I look at and go, hmm, okay, I think that guy, I like that guy. Maybe that's a guy we look at. Maybe this is a guy. So I've been kind of scouring for for those positions. But I'll tell you this, I'm glad that Tremont Smith got on the initial 53. That's been my guy for a while. I've covered his games in Central Arkansas, so I'm a little biased towards him. Uh, But he's got some skills. He's got some return skills if you need it. Uh, He's played a bit in this league. Not a ton, but a bit. So I do think there's some depth there, but I still think there's just another guy at corner that's – especially with Roby out, I, they, they're going to need somebody else. And that, again, goes back to Lovey Smith and how he plans to attack without Roby. But he's got, an, he's got a defensive front that can go create some pressure and alleviate some of that pressure on the corners. Look, I think the way you handle week one and week two, I mean, we could talk game plan later. But, you know, if Lovey Smith asks me, and the chance of, chances of that happening are absolutely zero, okay? <laughs> the chances of Lovey coming into my office, like, look, yeah. Mark, how do you think we should handle Trevor Lawrence and then Baker Mayfield? Like, it's not yeah. going to happen that way. I can guarantee you that. But if he did, if he did, I'd say you got to overwhelm Trevor Lawrence, all right? You want to blitz him. I mean, we always talk about this, and Andre talks about it. Veteran quarterbacks, all right, go ahead, blitz me, because I know where the open guy is. You know, I know where my hot read is. I know where I can release this football super fast and get myself out of trouble. Lawrence, look, he was tremendous in college. This is the NFL. you got to get after him. We'll see if they do that, if they send extra people. Now, he's also a rookie, so maybe you feel like you don't have to send extra people. But to your point, you don't have Bradley Roby week one, so we'll see how that goes. And you were talking about your guy, okay? What about my guy? You were talking about Tremont Smith, Central Arkansas, yeah. and I get it. They have yeah. the gray field. Is it the gray field at Central Arkansas? What color is the it's field? It's alternating purple and gray. It's alternating okay. purple and gray. Oh, jeez. All right. So, yeah, it's one of those. Uh, my guy would be Tavier Thomas, Ferris State, Big yes. Rapids, Michigan, the Bulldogs, Division II powerhouse, and a Division One hockey school. Uh, so I'm glad to see him on it for now, and you never know how it's going to play out here. But uh, quickly here, safety is a position where they've – upgraded, if you will, through free agency, like street free agency during the preseason, maybe at the beginning of the season. When you look historically, and look, I'm going to say they, I don't mean this administration. When you look historically, like Eugene Wilson, when you look at Bernard Pollard, when you look at Quentin Demps, players that they were able to get who were very productive for them, I don't know if they need to do that as much on this particular team, but we'll see if somebody's available who catches their eye because right now I count five safeties. They don't list them as safeties or corners, but when you look at Lonnie the way he is now, Justin Reed, Mm -hmm. Eric Murray, Terrence Brooks, who am I missing here? A.J. Moore. A.J. Moore. Yeah, so there you go with five. Yeah, five safeties. 
you know, it's funny because when I like I go back to my original 53 I put together, I put 29 slash 33 because I figured, OK, it'll be one of them. I didn't I didn't think it would end up being both. But I'm glad that it was because Terrence Brooks, there's just so much that he offers as a veteran. Now, sometimes I have to stop myself and go, hey, wait a second. You know, Justin Reed's going into his fourth year. You know, Lonnie's into his third. Yet having a grizzled, um, seasoned vet, a guy like Terrence Brooks to help and to be there and say, hey, man, this is this is how we need to do it. And by the way, Terrence Brooks is making some plays in the preseason. So from that perspective, I don't think it's a bad thing whatsoever to have a guy like Terrence Brooks around. We'll see how the numbers shake out over the next couple of days. But Terrence Brooks made a ton of plays in the Dallas game, made a ton of plays the other night. And he looked around going, hey, can we afford to not have Mm -hmm. a seasoned vet like this with us that has shown he can make some plays out on the field? So I think from that perspective, having Terrence Brooks, a mild surprise, but not really. And, you know, A.J. Moore, I don't know what A.J.'s been dealing with. We haven't seen A.J. in practice. Uh, we didn't see him in the last couple of games. So don't know exactly where he is health-wise. You know, we don't get injury reports during preseason. So, you know, in the other night, Lonnie didn't suit up. Eric Murray was dinged up. So you've got some guys that are a little bit banged up back there. So not too totally surprised they kept five running backs. Or I'm sorry, five uh, safeties was shocked they kept five running backs. Five safeties, not as much. Five running backs, yes. You know what I love? Like, I get breaking news, and Tom Pelissero does a nice job for NFL Network, so this is not even his fault, but they have in the yeah. crawl. Tom Pelissero, Texans wave Jeff Driscoll. We released it to the world. <laughs> it's on the website, okay? It's n- And I don't think lives are hanging in the balance of this information. You know, the Driscoll family, yes, and I hope. Jeff finds an opportunity somewhere in this league. Maybe he ends up on the practice squad. Who knows? All right, Johnny, thanks so much for being with us and breaking this down. We look forward to reading everything on HoustonTexans.com. Absolutely. Oh, I got one more before I go, Mark. I got go. A thing, think about this. Brian Hoyer, maybe, yeah. yes or no? That's my parting shot. What do you think? Okay, I'm going to address that after the break because Mac Jones is the only quarterback on the roster in New England right now, I believe since they released Cam Newton and Brian Hoyer. So I'll answer that next, among other things, as we go around the league here on Texans Radio. Touchdown! Texans Radio continues in a moment. To a child, time spent outside is never a waste. Play is a job and a serious one at that. And each day is a new opportunity for adventure. At Texas Children's Hospital, we're all about happy, healthy kids. And as the official Children's Hospital of the Houston Texans and local sponsor of Play 60, we join our hometown team in hoping that in your house, play never goes out of style. Two is better than one. It's Battle Red Radio. Texans Radio on Sports Radio 610. Here's more of Texans All Access. Oh, yeah. Great to have you listening tonight. All right, 53-man roster is out, and this is going to change. It's the initial 53 released today as you have three quarterbacks. Yes, Deshaun Watson is on the 53. Terod Taylor, Davis Mills, Jeff Driscoll was let go. 
Maybe he comes back in the practice squad. Who knows? Obviously, there will be a practice squad, and it will have some familiar names on it. Five wide receivers, a little lighter than we thought with Nico Collins, the rookie, of course, making it with Brandon Cooks, the salty veteran in his eighth year now. He's one of the best wide receivers around, and it's good that this team has him. Haven't seen a whole lot of Anthony Miller and Andre Roberts lately, but they make it along with Chris Conley, who had those Four catches in the preseason premiere at Green Bay. Now, five running backs are on this roster. Scotty Phillips is one of them. Really shined in the preseason games, and you felt like he had to make it. Could not take the chance of trying to sneak him out of the practice squad. That wasn't going to happen. In fact, who knows what kind of role they have envisioned for him. Maybe it's a big one. We'll see. The other four guys are the big names. I'm just going to call them that. They're, they're names you know. Rex Burkhead, Philip Lindsay, Mark Ingram, of course. And David Johnson remains, who was doing a lot of third down back work. And we'll see how it goes. You know, Johnson, I pointed this out in the offseason. And the average yards per carry for Johnson last year were actually better than any other Texans running back on the roster right now, wherever they were. Okay, if that made sense, I kind of said that the long way. Sometimes I do that. Tight ends, you have three with Brevin Jordan, Farrow Brown, Jordan Akins. Offensive line, eight, that feels light, and maybe it is, but they'll have the practice squad. And again, lots of flexibility with practice squad movements. So it's not the locked-in situation that the 53 and the practice squad used to be. You'll have a little more flexibility as far as game day activation and that kind of thing, or game weekend activation. Marcus Cannon, good to see him on this 53, but it's too bad about Lane Taylor, who was let go. And Lane Taylor, uh, who was with the Packers and James Campen, you'd love to see him back somehow. We'll see how that goes. Not sure what's going to happen there. Uh, obviously, with the O-line, we pointed this out. It's going to be interesting to know how they handle the tackle situation with Cannon coming back or coming into the fray for the first time, really, for the Houston Texans. And Charlie Heck doing what he did. Obviously, Laramie back. He'll anchor that left tackle spot. We'll see how it goes. Defensive linemen, you have 10. We were just talking about that. Six linebackers, 10 defensive backs. Uh, uh, Bradley Roby's going to come back in week two, so somebody will have to leave from this list if it stays this way going into week one. So there is your 53. I didn't do every name, but it gives you a little bit of a snapshot of what they have going on. Now, Johnny asked me this. Brian Hoyer was released from the New England Patriots, the veteran quarterback. Would you? Would you take a shot at Brian Hoyer at this point in his career? I don't think they're going to do that, okay? Brian Hoyer hasn't played more than six games since he was a Houston Texan. I want to repeat that. Brian Hoyer has not played more than six games since he was with the Texans, and that was 2015. Feels like a long time ago. I mean, that was a long time ago in Texans history. That was the 2-5 and five start. You win the division. You beat Cincinnati on Monday Night Football, a game in which he was concussed. He had two concussions that year. All right, he played in one game for the Patriots last year, four for the Colts the year before. He spent a long time with New England. Let's see, three stints, three different stints with the Patriots, and maybe he's back with them this year. But Mac Jones is the only quarterback on the Patriots roster. I'm not sure. Look, I mentioned it to Johnny earlier in the show. Cam Newton, I've gotten numerous texts today from people, would you take a shot at Cam? And a lot of coaches, a lot of stories are coming out now how vaccination status factored into their decisions. I'm not saying that's the only thing with Cam, but obviously he had the issue last week. Ended up coming back, of course, and he didn't test positive. It was a close contact kind of situation. Uh, but I don't know how they feel about that part of it. 
what was one roster I saw where they had 52 of 53 players fully vaccinated? I think it was the L.A. Rams. Uh, but obviously that is a factor with some of these decisions. And how good you are does come into play, I would imagine. Is that me making those noises? Could be. Anyway, uh, Mac Jones, only quarterback on the Patriots roster. This is going to be high drama to see how they do. They open up against the Miami Dolphins. Look, he's still a rookie. And I know Tua on the other side isn't exactly a seasoned veteran. Year two for Tua, who didn't fare well in that final opportunity for the Dolphins to make the playoffs last year. But it's a new season. We'll see how they do. I just can't wait. The games start for real a week from Thursday with the opener. What is it, Cowboys, Bucks? And then you have Sunday, September 12th, the Houston Texans and the Jacksonville Jaguars right here, high noon, Trevor Lawrence, Urban Meyer, you. If you want a ticket, HoustonTexans.com. Limited tickets still available, and we'll have it live for you right here. I want to thank Jimmy Mudd for producing the program tonight, Johnny Harris for being on as well. Go to the Texans app. Go to HoustonTexans.com for all the information on the 53 as it currently stands right now. You know we'll be back tomorrow, and Sean and Seth will be talking all about this stuff tomorrow morning as well. Have a great night, everyone, and go Texans. Don't miss a single thing on your favorite team. Follow us on Twitter at Houston Texans. This is Texans Radio. Calling all Houston Texans fans. It's time to take it to the house with Ashley Homestore. Enter for a chance to win two tickets to an upcoming Texans home game at NRG Stadium. To enter, simply text TEXANS to 797979 or visit any Houston Ashley Home Store location near you. We have 12 Houston area locations to serve you. Enter today only at Ashley Home Store. This is home. Proud partner of the Houston Texans. Teachers and parents, are you looking for an educational resource to keep your students engaged? The Houston Texans Toro and ConocoPhillips have partnered together to provide Toro's Math Drills. Toro's Math Drills is a free video series that will challenge your students to math topics like fractions, multiplication, division, and place value, all while having fun. Sign up today for free at HoustonTexans.com on the Kids School Program page and run your students through Toro's Math Drills, presented by ConocoPhillips. Go Texans! Super Bowl 56 is heading to SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. And On Location can make your whole weekend unforgettable. With On Location, you can enjoy pre-game parties. Choose from an incredible selection of game time seats. And get unmatched access throughout it all. On Location is the official hospitality partner of the NFL. And the only way to experience the ultimate Super Bowl. Visit NFLOnLocation.com slash Super Bowl for more information. That's NFLOnLocation.com slash Super Bowl. Bowl.